Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Hey everyone, welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. Bryce Kuhn alongside Sonny Ship, and we appreciate you for watching on YouTube. Make sure to hit that subscribe button, or if you are listening on anywhere you get your podcast, whether that's Apple, Spotify, anywhere you might be getting that, make sure to hit that like, subscribe, and follow button as well. Recruiting edition today, Sonny, a big weekend. College football finally kicks off. I know that we're all excited about that, but LSU trying to hit the the ground running here as the season kicks off. We're going to talk a little bit about the you know the weekend that it will be here in the state of Louisiana with recruiting. But obviously, all eyes tomorrow going to be on Dominic McKinley and what it could mean for LSU if they could pull uh, McKinley and and keep him inside this state. Uh, but Sonny, it, it doesn't look too pretty. Well, if we're just being honest with with LSU's chances, kind of what are some of the things that you're hearing? I know you had a great article on the site that we can point people towards, but just kind of in a synopsis, how do you feel like the Tigers stand with with McKinley, and what will this come down to for him? Well, I think something that was I think something that was pretty telling is Steve Wiltfong had a good uh, had a good update that he posted on the on the site Thursday morning. <laughs> where Dominic McKinley's mom talked about, uh, you know, she went into all of the finalists and, and Dominic also did. But one thing I found interesting was that when she mentioned all of the schools, she mentioned, you know, she threw out the defensive line coach, she threw out the recruiters and the name and the relationships that she had with them. And when it came to LSU, it was just a situation of, you know, the coaches have been good, but didn't single mm-hmm. anyone out. And I think that that's kind of, for me, that is the, uh, that's kind of the, I guess, the the thing that always stand, stands out with Dominic McKinley. He took official visits to all, all to four of his five finalists in June, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M, and um, Ohio State. Did not visit LSU at all in June. LSU got him on campus for the Bayou Splash on July 28th. But then a couple of days later, the situation happened with Jimmy Lindsay, the medical emergency to where, you know, he finds himself in right now and that LSU kind of finds itself in limbo. Uh, you've got you, – you appointed John Jancic from the Jack linebacker coach to the defensive line coach, but – you still have Jimmy Lindsay as the as the defensive line coach, and so I, I think that that unknown uh, kind of played into into LSU, uh, you know, being behind the eight ball with Dominic mm. McKinley uh, going into this announcement. And I really think that that those relationships, you know, NIL is always going to be a factor. Depth charts always going to be be a factor. We can go down the list of things, but I think at the end of the day that those relationships 
have always have, have kind of pointed out of state ever since Jamar mm-hmm. Kane and maybe even a little bit before Jamar Kane departed LSU. And I just think that unsettling nature with the defensive line coach position right now and in the future, I think that's a lot to overcome. And I think it's more to overcome than, than some want to, uh, than some want to let on to. Um, from here, I think you just have to, you know, you have to kind of, uh, you know, you, you make your best pitch forward. You put your best pitch forward. For LSU, I, I think going into, you know, we're recording this on Thursday. Going in, um, Dominic McKinley's mom mentioned that he flipped, he, he went back and forth between his top two. And mm. that is another telling sign for me because I don't think LSU is in that top two. And so I think going into, you know, going into Friday, is it Texas and Texas A&M in, in that top two? Is it Texas A&M and Oklahoma in that uh, top two? Ohio State and someone else? I think that that, uh, you know, I think that that remains unclear. But if I was putting my money on anyone as of right now, as of Thursday, um, it would probably go to Texas A&M, Oklahoma or Texas. Um, mm. Not, I'm not sure on which one of those three right now. And, and Texas may not be getting mentioned as much right now, but I think when you toss in that NIL factor and how quickly things can change with that, I don't think you can ever count out a school like Texas in that race. So going into it, um, you know, I think a lot would have to change for Dominic McKinley to choose LSU on this go round. And I say this go round because I do believe that once LSU gets some gets a, a definitive plan in place as far as the defensive line coach position goes, then I think that if he does choose someone else tomorrow, I do think that that's going to give LSU a little bit of leave the door open just ajar enough to where once they get some, uh, you know, a definitive plan in place, then they'll be able to maybe get him on campus because because he hasn't used an official visit to LSU. Mm-hmm. So they still have – I think they'll still have a chance to get him on the campus and to woo him, but uh, it's going to be an uphill battle. Going to be an uphill battle. like what you said, too. The door could still be slightly ajar for this. Um you know, obviously dancing around the obvious, you know, the the ability to not have a guy in place that can, you know, call the parent, call the kid and, and have that guy that could be their coach. Maybe on the field, Sonny, it's not going to have as big as an impact because of how Brian Kelly has kind of used so many different analysts, so many different assistant coaches to kind of jump in off the field. Obviously, you, you first your prayers go with, uh, you know, the family and everything. How how much does this continue to affect LSU, though, in the sense of not having this outside of McKinley, in your opinion? Well, I think we have to, you know, if you go back, if, if you look at the recruiting process, the way it generally gets started is if it's not your position coach, it's usually a local recruiter that you start building that relationship with, you know, for – you know, for LSU, you know, Joe Sloan is a good example. Joel Rogers, the safety out of West Feliciana. Joel, Ro- mm-hmm. Joel, Joe Sloan has nothing to do with coaching the safeties, but he's the area recruiter. He's the local recruiter. So he started building those relationships. Uh, Trey Des Green, another perfect example of that. And so I think when you, you know, when you look at it from that perspective, if it is the area recruiter that gets things started, generally the next claw, the next uh, link in that chain is the position coach. And mm-hmm. so while Frank Wilson has done a good job of, uh, of keeping LSU in it, uh, of, uh, of selling, you know, of selling the benefits that LSU offers, I do think that not having, not being able to have that relationship with the position coach of being able to just, 
you know, pick up the phone, call that guy up and just talk about stuff not even related to recruiting or not related to football. You can tell that he has that with the other finalists, but I don't Mm. think he has that with LSU. And so that's why even if he, you know, if he does pick someone other than the Tigers on Friday, that's why I think that once LSU does get a plan in place to where Frank Wilson, Brian Kelly, uh, Matt House, you go down the list to where those guys can say, look, this is what we're going to do going forward. This is going to, you know, this is your position coach, right? This is going to be your position coach right here. And then McKinley can start forging that relationship. That's why I, I don't think that this recruitment will be over if it, uh, if it does go sour on Friday. You talk about, um, obviously, you know, other names that, that LSU will go after. One of those big ones that's kind of continuing to emerge that we expect the staff to continue to pursue is Texas A&M commit Gabriel Relaford. Uh, you think that this one could go into the fall. Now, I know that he's kind of being lined up to get on campus uh, very early in the season for an unofficial visit. Where do you think the Tigers stand here, and uh, how much is Sherman Wilson involved in this recruitment? Well, you got to get him on campus. I think you've got to get him on campus first of all. Uh, he's committed to Texas A&M, so you got to get him on campus. You got, uh, you know, LSU offered. I want to say it was a couple of days before the the Bayou Splash around around July twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty seventh, somewhere along that time frame, hoping that they could get him on campus for the Bayou Splash. However, he had already committed to going to Texas A&M's pool party on that Saturday, so they had they didn't make it down to Baton Rouge. That's going to be the first key. You got to get a guy like that on campus. He's listed at 6'2, 255. Uh, we've, got, we've got him as an edge right now. I want to say that he's ranked as an edge, but he's a future. He's a future interior guy. I think he's a guy that's going to put on 25, 30, 35 pounds easily. And, when, and, and then he'll just kind of slide, slide from that edge into that inside spot, which is the spot that Dominic McKinley was going to, was going to play. But the problem is, is, is LSU needed McKinley and Relaford? Mm. Is when you go and when you look at the defensive line, uh, the defensive line depth. You got Demarion Johnson. You've got him committed. You didn't have a big inside haul in the last class, so you need a nice haul in this class to where you don't have to say, okay, now we have to go out. Now we have to go find someone out of the portal who you know who can come in and, and jump right into the mix. Well, when you do that. If when you continually have to do that, then the young guys on your roster look at that and then they say, OK, well, now I'm being passed up by a veteran. And so does that get them start to looking at the transfer portal? You know, mm-hmm. so so I think you have to you know, you have to. Yes, you have to get those. you know, you have to feel those immediate needs. But at the same time, you have to feel those immediate needs and not, you know, not and not hurt yourself in the process. So I think that's going to be the fine line that LSU is going to have to walk in this class. But if you don't get a Dominic McKinley, if you don't get someone else who is a guy that, you know, that you consider not necessarily a plug and play, but a plug and contribute his first Mm -hmm. year. Then I think that you're gonna, yeah, you will see LSU have to go out and, and have to dip its toes into the transfer portal again. But I caution people to not, you know, to to not 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 freak out, not get frantic, not get upset because look, these recruiting boards are going to change a lot over the coming weeks mm-hmm. and coming months. You're going to have coaching changes. You're going to have coaches on the hot seat. You're going to have position coaches looking at other places to go. 
there's going to be a ton of variables in play that are going to have kids to start looking at other places. You know, NIL may have been a big factor in the decision to commit to school X, but now as it's getting closer to closer to signing, you know, is that as big of a factor as it once was? So there's a lot of variables at play that are going to change over these days, weeks, and months that lie ahead to where there will be other defensive linemen that pop up on LSU's board. There will be some, you know, there may be some in Louisiana who emerge. Tulane commit Jordan Guidry uh, plays at Ruston, plays opposite of Ahmad Bro, who's committed to LSU. He's another guy who could potentially get some, who could potentially get more looks. And look, LSU is going to see plenty of that guy on film watching a mod bro. So, uh, you know, those, those are a couple of Louisiana names, but I totally expect some more out of state names to, uh, to emerge. I also named that I know um, you mentioned earlier, and I just wanted to say this, got the chance to see Joel Rogers in person last Friday night. I think we got him listed at about 175. Uh, I think he's bigger than that. This is a kid, dynamic athlete. I mean, uh, getting to watch 190, him. 195? I would say 190, 195. I mean, yeah. he is, he's done a, lo- a great job of uh, – and he even said it, you know, to be able to play the back end, he's got to be a little bit bigger, especially helping the run game. And so that was something he did. But I, I joked with him in our interview. I said, are you going to miss playing quarterback? He said a little bit because the kid is a dynamic playmaker on both sides yeah. of the football. Uh, Louisiana high school uh, football starting here you know, this weekend, Sonny. A lot of fun games going to be able to catch throughout the entire uh, weekend. Obviously, continue to go into the season. Um, I know that you've already mentioned a guy like Jordan Guidry. Uh, I know there's a guy also uh, down at uh, John F. Kennedy High School in New Orleans. Um, Bernard Causey is a guy that it can keep an eye on. What are some of the matchups that you're excited to watch this fall and some of the names that you're continuing to kind of monitor? Because like you mentioned, this is a situation where, look, some guys are going to rise. Some three stars in this state might have a great year that different coaches are saying, hey, whoa, we evaluated this kid. He came to camp. I wanted to see a little bit more out of him, and now he's showing it in his senior season. Uh, That seems to always happen the case across the country, but especially here in this state. Yeah, and I think you look at the positions, you know, at the, at the big positions of need to close out this class because LSU's got 23 commitments right now. So they don't have a lot of open spots when you just – if you look at, you know, projecting what the roster could look like in 2024 and then trying to stay at or below that 85-man scholarship limit, there's really not a lot of room right now. Obviously, that's going to change the transfer portal. LSU's going to lose some guys to attrition. Some guys will go early for the draft. They'll enter the portal, whatnot. But I think that Jude Foster, the interior offensive lineman from Southern Lab right there in Baton Rouge, he's committed to Ole Miss. He's another guy that I think that uh, – well, that I know that Brad Davis likes, that the staff likes – and if they're not able to make any uh, to make any headway on on guys like Weston Davis, Blake Ivy, two guys who are committed to uh, to Texas A and M, but LSU was strongly strongly in the mix for. I think you'll I, I think you could see a guy like Jude Foster earn an offer. Uh, you had mentioned Bernard Calsey. He's a you know he's a good one to keep an eye on. You also have several wide receivers in Louisiana who are committed to uh, to Power Five schools. You've got Matt Mayfield out of New Orleans, who's mm-hmm. committed to Mississippi, uh, Mississippi State. You've got the little uh, oh man, his name's escaping me right now. Out of Franklinton, uh, little bitty burner. He's uh, he's K- KJ Daniels. KJ Daniels. Daniels. You've got uh, you've got uh, Edna Carr has a wide receiver, I believe, Raji Dennis, who's committed to Ole Miss. And so, you know, those are guys that as a staff, you look and you say, OK, you know, 
our our SEC rivals, they see that this is a guy that could potentially fit on their roster. So, you know, maybe we miss something. So you'll see yeah. LSU continue to go back to circle around to make sure that the their evaluation points are on point and that and that nothing has changed. But um, you know, some other guys that some other guys, you know, Wardell Mack, he's still committed to Florida. Look, LSU's not LSU's gonna, you know, gonna continue to keep things lukewarm, whether or not they they make the mad dash and the mad press that they have already. I think that remains to be seen. But there's, you know, there's always going to be guys in Louisiana who pop up. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said earlier, you know, those were those recruiting boards, those recruiting boards, they fluctuate so much. And then they reach a point to where they kind of get to a point to where they probably stay pretty, uh, you know, pretty square and, and not a whole lot of movement in it. But September, October and November rolls around. And then that's when you'll see them just moving names up and down the board and stuff. And so so there's going to be there's going to be some other guys who emerge. It's just a matter of you know who's going to be that Trey Bradford. You know, who's going to be that yeah. guy who takes it all the way to February? Because we know that there's going to be a guy like that. You know, there's going to be some guys like that. There's going to be some guys who have been committed to schools forever. And then all of a sudden they're going to open things back up, whether it was there on, on their part, the coach's part, a mutual decision, who knows, but, but there's going to be a, there, there's going to be some more, some more fish thrown into that pot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A guy that I wanted to mention, and it helps because uh, the previous stop where I was in Atlanta, he's currently committed there, Kobe Young at a Holy Cross down in New Orleans. Really good friends um, after having some conversations with he and um, Michael Turner. They're really close. Uh, he was trying to get Turner to come to Atlanta, and now Turner's trying to say, hey, let's see if we can get you the, the uh, opportunity to get that committable offer to LSU, top 20 player in the state. But, look, you talked about that wide receiver position. Uh, things can fluctuate. Guys can have massive seasons uh, where they just kind of turn it up a notch. And like we said earlier, they show uh, they show the staff exactly what they want to see. Sonny, uh, before we get out of here, man, a guy that showed the staff, I think me, you, and the LSU staff, what they wanted to see, DeCorian Moore. I don't know if you've watched the full highlights of what this kid was able to do in week one. That's a special type of receiver. How excited are you to see him? If LSU can hold on to him, it's going to be a battle all the way to the end, but how excited are you and fans should be to see him inside uh, Tiger Stadium one day? Well, you talk about the number one player in the state. You know, he's, all, he's mm-hmm. the number one player in the state right now for 2025 in Texas. Look, we saw the, you know, we saw the push that Texas made for the number one player in the state in 2023. They did not want to let Colin Simmons, I mean, 2024, they did not want to let Colin Simmons go to LSU, did not want to let him get away. 
and they did everything that they could to land him. Mm -hmm. And so I think you're going to see Texas. I think you're going to see Texas. I think you're going to see those schools do the same thing with DeCorey and more. You know, I think the key for LSU is that you were able to get DeCorey more on campus. And this was at a time to where he released a top five and LSU wasn't in that top five at one point. And so you got him on campus. He spent time around Caden Durham, Colin Simmons, the rest of the guys for the Bayou Splash with Cortez Hankton. Hankton really, really put in a lot of personal time letting letting DeCorian Moore and his family know how bad they wanted him, how they envisioned him in the offense. They were able to get that commitment. Now it's a matter of, like you said, holding on to that commitment. Because look, when you go for when you go for when you catch seven balls for 281 yards and, and, and three of them land in the end zone in week one, I mean, you know, if 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 coaches did not know who the number one receiver was in the country for 2025, they do now. <laughs> yeah, do now. yeah. And so, you know, that's going to be. Look, that's going to be a battle that LSU is going to have to fight all the way to the end. But it's a lot better to have to fight that battle being in the pole position, which is where basically now that's what a commitment means. A commitment means you're the leader for that kid mm-hmm. now. And so I think that, you know, I think that I would rather be the leader than having to chase that lead dog all this time. And uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that recruitment, you know, how that recruitment shakes out. From an from an NIL standpoint, from a standpoint of you know what of, of what the schools who are really recruiting him, how their offenses do this year. You know, you talk about uh, coaching changes, coordinator changes, quarterbacks coach, receivers coaches. You know, they can change and just throw things into a uh, you know into a frenzy when it comes to that recruitment. So it's going to be an interesting one, but a fun one to follow. And like I said, you would not you you wouldn't rather you wouldn't want to trade your position with anybody else right now. Yeah, like LSU's done their fair share going back to guy like Kai Bates of, of working from behind. It's nice to be, like you said, in that pole position. And one more thought on this. And, and uh, you know, when it comes to a certain school, a certain district, a certain area where any team starts to start to really pull from, you have to start thinking the conversations between the parents in the stands, the parents at the functions about, oh, well, we went to LSU, we were able to do this. I think, obviously, getting Caden Durham to commit was way bigger. I know that it was on the same day you wanted, obviously, Colin Simmons, but I think that Caden Durham's going to be a good player at LSU, oh, yeah. but it's even a bigger one for getting Dak Moore to say, hey, look, man, this was this was a great visit. This is what the coaches showed me. you got to come here. How much does that play a role, and I want to use this word lightly, in a trying to establish a pipeline in Duncanville? Like, how much does that relationship, having the parents talk about it, you know, the coaches saying, look, we really respect what they're doing over there in Baton Rouge. They're going to, we're going to point some of our kids towards that direction. What, what does that kind of look like? I mean, I think that, you know, I, I think that's big. And especially, I think, when you're talking about, you know, when you're, when you're trying to recruit a kid from Dallas to Baton Rouge. You know, or from the from the area, you know, six hours, seven hours away. Uh, You know, whenever mom and dad or especially moms, probably whenever they're getting ready to let, you know, let their little ones fly the coop and, and, and leave home and stuff. All of that stuff comes into play, you know, mm. because you're letting them go seven hours, eight hours away from home. And, and they may have never been away from you for, you know, longer than two days at that, you know, no. for that extent. And so having the parents, you know, having other parents say, oh, yeah, we feel, you know, we felt super comfortable with LSU. We feel good about Caden going down there. Uh, if Colin Simmons's mom is, is, you know, 
pumps up the LSU staff and how much they liked LSU and things like that. I don't think there's any question that it can help uh, bridge that 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 comfort that comfortability gap that you know you have home and then you have a place far away, and yeah. so that gap has to be closed in order for you know in order for Prospect X to to go that far away. So I think it's huge whenever you have as many advocates talking about what your program, what you're trying to do, and the people that you have in your program outside of your program, when those people are the ones who are really talking it up, I think, I think it can be huge because really it's either going to provide that re that positive or that negative reinforcement that you already had. And then you already have college coaches that are taking that angle. You know, mm -hmm. LSU's coaches are saying, Hey, how good LSU is. Other coaches are saying, Oh, well, you know, we're, we're better than this. You know, we're better than this. And you've got some negative recruiting. It goes in. It's just all part of the game, but I don't think there's any question that having those parents, as advocates speak up for you, I, I think that can be huge. And, and you know, too, I, I still hold out hope in the day and age where it feels like NIL just dominates recruiting. I think that's one of the factors that really comes into the, you know, commits mind as he's getting ready to put it on paper. You know, when it, when it comes close to signing day, like you said, maybe NIL doesn't matter as much. I think that's where you start to see some of those relationships. How does mom feel about this? We hear that a lot in some of the interviews. You know, what does my family feel about this being able to be set up here? Uh, I think that's what kind of comes into mind, comes in a little more focus when it gets real. Uh, because, look, once you sign the pen to paper, you're just another guy in a jersey that's going to be out there competing. So it's those things have to matter. So very well, something else, to and something else too, And something else, too, is that when it, when it gets real – when it's time to put pen to paper, that is when you also find out, okay, school X said that I would have all these NIL opportunities. Well, well now, you know, maybe those opportunities are not quite what they said they were going to be. And school mm -hmm. Y over here now all of a sudden can offer more NIL opportunities. And, yeah. you know, that's, I think, I think too often prospects get labeled as chasing the bag or chasing the money. But look, when these, when these, High school kids go to college, you know, they're there to get an education, but make no mistake about it. They are putting in way more than 40 hours of work yes. to school, to football and to everything. And so for, for fans who get caught up and, you know, well, you shouldn't, you should, couldn't, you should not choose a school just because of money. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't think we choose jobs just because of money, but that's yeah. a big factor. Yeah, that's a big factor. That's a big factor. And we're asking these high school kids to make business decisions on their future of where they're going to go to school and to not take into account how much money they could potentially make doing so. I mean, that's just a part of the, that's a part of the overall equation that anyone who questions that I think they have to look in the mirror and say, OK, do you feel that way about your job? Yeah, you would be considered yeah. a little short-sighted if you didn't in your adult life. Absolutely. Not considering Absolutely. that. So very, very interesting Absolutely. point, and I like the point you made there. Hey, high school football is officially starting this weekend. I'm pumped to watch that. Big game on Sunday night. Sonny, we did our podcast. Um, I know you put in some preview predictions. Kind of wanted to get your thoughts as we close it out. How are you feeling here on Thursday about Sunday night's game between uh, the Tigers and the Knowles? Where, where do you sit here? And are, are you waffling between maybe one or two options? No, I, I do think – I think that, you know, I thought last year – I thought last year that that was a game that LSU on paper was a better team. And, and mm -hmm. I didn't think it was as close on paper as the score indicated. And we can go through the – you know, we could go through the litany of mistakes that could have made yeah. that uh, a two-score game. Uh, 
you know, and I think that that, and I think that if LSU, I think for LSU in this game right here, if they just cut back on some of those mistakes, if they limit some of those mistakes and they're able to make the improve, just a little bit of improvement in areas that hurt them last year, they didn't run the ball very well outside of Jaden Daniels, um, taking some shots down the field, putting a strain on the back end of that defense. And then on the flip side, being able to being able to get a rush on, on Jordan Travis to where you're not necessarily bringing him down, but you're making him run around to where he's not in a comfortable position to be able to throw on the run. I think that's going to be, be the key. And if LSU is able to do that, I think they'll be, they'll be good enough on the back end to where they should win this game and they should cover. I mean, I haven't even thought about our prediction, man. But if I was going to probably, <laughs> if I was going to probably make a prediction, it would probably be somewhere along the thirty-one to twenty-seven. Line. That was mine. Did you watch the podcast? Was it really? I mean, that was no, that I was did mine. not. I swear, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> we all three said I think we had 33, 30, 31, 27, and thirty-two, twenty-eight. So I think we're yeah. all in that wow. kind of comfortable three to four point margin. All right, now I'm gonna. All right, now I'm just gonna. Okay, now I'm gonna go to thirty-eight twenty-seven. How about thirty-eight twenty-seven? Open it up a little bit. I like it right there. Hey, it's gonna be a really fun game. Uh, Make sure to stay tuned, Cutters. Go twenty-four-seven recruiting updates, VIP content, and uh, you talked about it for this game. Just released a piece uh, as we're recording this, kind of talking about inside the numbers, what could determine this game. Uh, It's gonna be a lot of fun. And uh, Sonny, I'm just hoping that I don't miss my flight back to New Orleans. Uh, 7 a.m. flight after a late game is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for that one in the, in the Orlando airport. So uh, make sure I'll set like five alarms to make sure I don't do that. But, hey, we'll have a lot of fun. Go 24-7 podcast. Make sure you catch us on YouTube. S- continue to subscribe. Continue to grade those numbers. And we appreciate all the uh, interaction as well. 50% off. We're going. We, we can't forget about that. 50% off deal. That's Sonny, right. explain that. When does that come to a conclusion? How long are we running that? Yeah, day? it lasts all the way through Monday night. Uh, 50% off, basically off an annual VIP pass. So look, if you don't want to do the annual VIP pass, you can do the monthly sub, $9.95 a month. You get Paramount Plus tossed into that for free. That's a $20, $20 value for, for nine, mm-hmm. nine, you know, 10, 10 bucks a month, basically. So uh but the 50% off basically I think it comes out to $448 a month for the next 12 months. So uh really some really some great deals, a ton of recruiting, ton of football and stuff. And uh, man, I'm just uh, I'm just excited that we finally are able to talk about football, and then we have some video visuals to support it. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Hey, and like you said, the 50% off deal, that's a fantastic deal. Paramount Plus, all that value included. You're getting definitely the bang for your buck. But, hey, we thank you so much for tuning in. Go 24-7 Podcast. Thanks for subscribing to the channel. Like we said, keep those numbers climbing. You all are doing a fantastic job. And, obviously, listening. We're, we're, we've had the best month uh, of the year coming into this season so it really gives us a lot of excitement to continue throughout the year as well and uh we'll catch you next time uh here on the go 24 7 podcast new cbs sunday you collect rewards right this is how i make my living when something is lost everyone's looking for something he finds it you strong swimmer so 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 okay Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.